Hello and welcome to the Boss Babe Diaries. My name is Lois Banks. You might know me as Lois Banks Fitness on Instagram. Now I have just got back from the most incredible breathtaking trip from Iceland and I have no words for how beautiful it was. Um, and I had quite a lot of questions from you guys whilst I was there, a lot of you replying to my stories, um, and I thought what better thing to do than to jump on a podcast and share my experience with you guys and hopefully inspire some of you to do a solo trip or even to go to Iceland. I've had quite a few of you say I'm going to Iceland now because I've seen your stories and I'm like I'm glad that I'm inspiring you, um, but it is incredible absolutely incredible and one of the questions that cropped up quite a lot was why have you gone on your own are you on your own why have you gone solo and the answer to that question really is like why the fuck not I am very confident and secure in being in my own company company and I am not afraid of being on my own I've done a lot of traveling before solo and I'm very comfortable confident in my own skin and just love exploring and love being spontaneous so going to Iceland and doing lots of exploring on my own was right up my street because there was just so so much to see and I think that going solo is actually one of the best things you can do for yourself like traveling solo is one of the best things because it really helps to boost your confidence it helps to you know you prove to yourself that you're capable of doing it on your own and I feel like you experience it in a completely different way to if you are with other people and you go at your own pace like you're on your own terms like you do what the fuck you want and now that's not to say that I don't like traveling with other people like I've traveled of people in the past and like with family and friends and I love sharing that experience with people but I think that it's nice to be able to just go and be on your own sometimes and just be comfortable with like who you are and also to like not be embarrassed with being on your own I feel like there is this like I don't know kind of a bit of like a shame I guess around like being on your own it's like why why the fuck can't you just be like confident why can't you go on your own like why the fuck not really so it was amazing absolutely amazing I know I've said that about 10 times but honestly it was absolutely incredible um I was actually due to go to Iceland at the start of 2021 so I had booked the trip um, for myself and somebody else at the time um, and I'd paid for the trip and unfortunately it had been cancelled because of COVID and obviously at the time I was like devastated because it was for this person's birthday and um, the vouchers and stuff that, so sorry, the, the money that I'd paid towards um the both of us basically just got put into like vouchers that we could use at a later time and obviously like I never used it with that person so that was just kind of sitting there um and I had been thinking about going to Iceland and I was like you know what it would be so nice to go with someone and I have seen like before it's quite like it's quite a coupley place 
to go to I did see a lot of couples whilst I was there um but that shouldn't be a reason to not go somewhere or go on your own like if you want to if you want to go and do something like why the fuck not if any, if anyone is judging you or if anyone is like thinking you're a weirdo like that's on them and that's their insecurities I think at the end of the day like you fucking do you so yeah so I had these like vouchers just like sitting there so I was like you know what I'm just gonna fucking go to Iceland, somewhere that I really want to go, why the fuck not? So I saw that Iceland had actually opened up their borders and travel was pretty like easy to go there, so there's no tests, no quarantine, like it looked like a pretty kind of smooth and straightforward process to get there, Um, because obviously like travel at this time it's a little bit stress, so I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna go, so booked it pretty last minute, not gonna lie, it was about three weeks before, and I was like, right, okay, let's get planning, let's do this, so Iceland was like right up my street, because there's just so much to see, and so much to explore, I'm not one of these people that can sit at by the side of a pool and read a book that's not my jam I like to go somewhere that I can explore and see things like I'm constantly wanting to like explore and see shit so that's why Iceland massively excited me so I initially I was thinking about doing a couple of tours and I was like I could book tours or I could book a four by four and go on my own and the only reason I was thinking about booking tours is because the driving I knew was going to be fucking hefty on my own and like if you're with somebody obviously you can share that driving which is you know obviously more convenient um but it was actually surprisingly doable driving there on my own so I rented a 4x4 for the six days that I was there and I booked with um, Reykjavik Rent-A-Car for any of you guys if you want to rent your uh, vehicle and I highly, highly recommend renting a car and travelling over Iceland um, as opposed to doing a tour because I actually did, I ended up doing one tour whilst I was there that involved me getting on a bus with other people and I fucking instantly regretted it I was like oh this is long everyone was so rude and I was just like nah not my vibe but anyway back to driving so I rented a car and it was just so cool to be bombing around on my own in this file but four by four doing everything at my own pace planning where I wanted to go stopping off where I wanted to be and just doing everything at my own pace and I think had I've been on a tour now I'm not like slamming tours if that's something you want to do like call you do you but for me I wanted to have that like flexibility to just wake up and like at my time that I wanted to go and to stop off where I wanted to be and to you know be able to divert and and do other things if I wanted to like I didn't want to be on anyone else's time I wanted to be on my time so 
If you are traveling in the winter um, in Iceland, it is recommended that you do have a four by four, so a four wheel drive that does have studded tires just in case it is snowy. Now I did experience a little bit of snow and crazy weather whilst I was there, um, but it was actually pretty okay. So before you're going, if you're going to rent a car, just have a little look at obviously the advice, the conditions, obviously the advice will be completely different in the summer um, compared to like the winter, Um, but they have like different type of roads um, in obviously Iceland where you, some of them you you need a four by four to go off road and to be able to drive on. So just make sure that you do your research before you go. But anyway, it was so funny picking up this 4x4 at the airport and I was like, right, okay, Um, got to drive on the other side of the road, which was a little bit weird, but pretty much got used to it after like a couple of hours, which was fine. Um, And the guy upgraded me to a automatic, which completely threw me to start with because your girl is a manual, like I'm, I'm a manual type of girl. So to actually have to get in and do an automatic which I know is like meant to be easier for you right but I'm there just like what the fuck (laughs) what do I do (laughs) it was so I was literally just looking at all these like controls uh but yeah sussed it out that was sweet drove to my hotel in Reykjavik so basically most of the flights to Iceland go to um Kefalik, which is about a 40 minute drive from Reshevik and um this is like one of the reasons why as well that I got a car because rented a car because I was like otherwise I'm gonna be paying like fuckloads of money for like cabs and stuff like that like why why am I gonna do that when I can drive myself so 40 minute drive from Kefalik to Reykjavik and rocked up to my hotel um, which was the centre hotels and I'm, I'm gonna probably say this wrong Lugavir Lugavir <laughs> I'm trying to say it with a little 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 accent there um yeah and also apologies in advance for my pronunciation of um any of the Icelandic words but I'm gonna give it my best shot you know I'm gonna give it a go so um there's quite a few I think it's like a chain kind of hotel so there's a few of the center hotels in um Reykjavik now this specific one was um probably about 10 minutes from the center like I'm talking walk and it was on a the road that was on was on a road of restaurants and bars which was like quite convenient and quite nice to get to um and obviously just like supermarkets and stuff and it wasn't too busy as well like it was quite nice and quiet so um that was really really nice um so the trips that I did myself so I when I got there decided that I wanted to travel along the golden circle which is a very popular touristy um thing to do in Iceland the trip itself took about I'd say well it can take anywhere from about like three to like five hours if you're doing it in a day like in terms of like the driving but if you're stopping off at places obviously that's going to add on your time now the first place I stopped off at was called Thingvecklia which is a historic site and national park and 
it was honestly beautiful absolutely stunning and when you're driving in Iceland they literally have it's funny they literally have like one road pretty much um and you'll be you'll be on one road for like hours before having to like turn off anywhere and it will be literally just you and mountains and just glaciers and just nothingness at one point I was driving I'm pretty sure for about two hours and didn't come across another car (laughs) so uh, it was really surreal just driving on my own bombing about tunes blaring or I was listening to my podcast or my audiobook and yeah it was pretty straightforward like pretty pretty straightforward so um thing Veclia was actually a site um of the ancient parliament of the Viking Commonwealth um from the 10th to 18th centuries so it was really cool to be standing where you know the Vikings would have been standing which was cool um but it was just sheer aesthetic beauty just surrounded by mountain peaks um and also there was um so you're able to see the um so basically the entire Fingveclia region is located in a like a rift valley which is basically created by the drifting apart um of the north american and eurasian tectonic plates so these plates are like drifting in the opposite direction basically every single year um at the rate of about two centimeters which isn't much but they are like drifting in the opposite direction so that was cool to explore that if you're going to thing definitely allow yourself about i'd say an hour and a half as a bare minimum i i didn't really plan enough time to be honest with you i had so i had like a plan in place for what i was going to do whilst i was there and pretty much nine times out of ten nine times out of ten that plan didn't go to place didn't go to um that plan didn't go to place what did I say there that plan didn't go as it was planned because I would just be distracted by one thing or I'd be like yeah just walking about just taking it all in so definitely allow yourself enough time and this is why I was getting up super early like each day I was in Iceland I was up like by like 6 a.m latest and like off ski because I wanted to squeeze everything in as much as I could and make the most of each day I was there because when the fuck are you gonna be in Iceland again or like experiencing that absolute natural beauty so I really just wanted to make sure that I was making the most of the time that I was there and again that's why having a car was just so good because I could do it all on my time didn't have to you know be you know waiting around for other people or like you know having to rush from place to place it was like on my time so from there I went to the um and again I'm probably gonna say this wrong it was the Longajuk glacier which is where I did snowmobiling and they so I met them um at the Gudafoss um waterfall and we got picked up in this monster truck and it was sick it was so cool we went on this monster truck um 
toward like to the glacier and we just rocked up to this like little cabin put on our overalls on our helmets and went on these snowmobiles and I managed to get a snowmobile to myself which was pretty cool like most people had like somebody else with them so I was just bombing about on this snowmobile um and we went up to like 40 it was like 40 what did I go to 40 miles per hour it was we were kind of bombing around at about 40 miles per hour I think I went like a maximum of like 45 but it was so cool it was so so cool and it was a bit of like a a workout in itself because when you're twisting on this snowmobile you have to like when you want to turn you have to like twist with the snowmobile as well to make sure that you don't fall off the side basically so that was pretty cool um and uh the guy that was running the tour as well he was awesome the name of the tour that I was on I think it was Mountaineers of Iceland yeah Mountaineers of Iceland it was really really well done from start to finish and um I actually met a really really lovely um um Irish lady called Mel and her dad on that trip and we were just like having a laugh and like pissing about and taking photos so um Mel if you're listening to this shout out to you girl it was so lovely to meet you um but yeah that was cool so from there I then went to have a little look at the um Gudafoss um again I hope I've said that right Gudafoss um waterfall which actually translates into golden falls so there's actually two stages of the waterfall which has like a canyon which has like canyon walls on both sides and this reaches up to like 70 meters um there was actually a little bit of controversy in the early 1900s um with basically there was these foreign investors who um wanted to like profit basically off of Iceland's nature and um there was this English business businessman who wanted to use the energy of the waterfall to fuel like a hydro electric plant so there was this big like hoo-ha and um I think there was like this um like lawsuit battle as well like between the two and um in the end the guy who and I I really should know the name of this lady um the guy who actually owned the land his daughter was like so against this happening like the um building of the hydroelectric plant so she it got to the point where she was like if you do this I'm gonna throw myself off the side of the waterfall and apparently it all just kind of like fell through and luckily they didn't actually build the plant but um that was really really interesting and it was so stunning and so surreal I mean the weather that I had there was just when when I was traveling along the golden circle I was pretty pretty lucky in that it only kind of rained a little bit it was bloody freezing it was absolutely absolutely freezing um so make sure you take your layers if you're going in winter but it was still stunning and it was still beautiful to just see this huge waterfall just gushing with obviously water in front of me and it was just incredible and I can actually I can imagine it being just as beautiful in the summer as well obviously you know Iceland is will be very different in summer 
compared to winter so but I think you know it would still be absolutely stunning so whenever you go um make sure that you stop off at Gullafoss um waterfall so um then from there like on my way back along the golden circle I went to the um Giza's hot springs um which basically is the it's basically a vent in the earth's surface which ejects like a column of hot water and steam um now there there's a couple of um geysers there now there's the great geyser which has actually stopped erupting um but there is a active geyser in the area which is actually called strocker which was erupting every like five minutes i think it was which was just fucking awesome to just see this water just out of the just fucking yeah it was just it was just incredible it was incredible like it was just mind-blowing i was like when am i ever going to see anything like this ever in my life so that was cool although it was it was a little bit smelly that area was it was a little bit stinky it did kind of smell like poo but it was really awesome to um to see so from there and this is what i should have done but I, I actually run out of time um, and I was just fucking knackered and I didn't, every, the day just kind of, because I was faffing about for a little bit in the in the start of the day and spent a bit too much time at Fingvechlia, I actually ended up running out of time to do the Kirid, um crater, um, which I should have done on the way back. So if you go and do the golden circle make sure that you visit the kirid crater on your trip as well so you don't have to go back to it at a later date because that's what i ended up doing um anyway so the kirid crater is basically um a crater which was from a volcano which was really cool to see unfortunately like when i did go and see it it was absolutely pissing down with rain it was so cold so windy but it didn't take away from what a wonderful and insane experience it was so definitely definitely go and um see that you do have to pay um 400 kroner to um visit the site itself so make sure that you um bring some money with you or you can pay on your on your card um that being said actually money in iceland so most places will actually um just take card most places just take card now um and but it's good to have a bit of change with you because if you do want to just grab something like a coffee or like a a snack or something obviously like if you're using a for if you're using a card um then you will incur like a um like a fee on top of what you're paying so i got myself out like a hundred pounds worth and just used that for like little like bits and bobs like coffee and things like that and then I spent pretty much the rest on my card but you don't really like you literally do not need cash to be honest with you in Iceland unless you're like venturing out to like in the middle of nowhere maybe they might need they might you know prefer cash but most of the places you're pretty sweet you sweat you're you're like you're set using your card so that's absolutely fine um now i really really had my heart set on going 
down and traveling along the the south island um of um iceland so this i knew was going to be probably the most time consuming part of the trip and this is why i really wanted to make sure that i did at least six days so that i had enough time and so that i wasn't rushing and so that i could fit it all in but if you are going to iceland a hundred and ten percent go and see the south iceland uh, south island so um the the journey that i did actually took so from from where i started in Reykjavik to where i ended up at the um Euclidean glacier lagoon that pretty much took about just over five hours to drive and that's without like stop-offs and things like that so really i my my initial plan and this was a bit silly of me um and naive i thought that i could do there and back in one day so that was like my initial like in my head I was like oh yeah like 10 hours of driving that'd be fine in one day (laughs) and then I really thought about it and I was like no actually no it's like you're gonna be absolutely fucked like maybe if maybe if you was with somebody and you could share that drive in maybe you could do it in one day but I definitely wouldn't recommend it so I actually booked a um how well it was it was a guest house for the night so i i drove along the south coast and along the south coast did a few stops now the first one being um a amazing waterfall called silandafoss um it was absolutely incredible and i managed to get behind the um back of the waterfall so initially like they were saying they they'd like closed off and they were saying like people couldn't go because of the path was like too icy and like it was dangerous but luckily when i was there i think they literally just said like yep you can go behind it but just like be careful because there was still ice um along the path so like if you slip like you literally would have like fallen off this like side of this like these rocks so i was like I was just like fuck it I'm I'm still gonna I'm, I'm gonna do it I'm gonna go behind the, the back of the waterfall even though it was a little bit ropey going on this ice um I did have to like cling hold of a couple of rocks uh hold, holding on to for dear life um I went to the back of the waterfall and it was so funny I met this um really lovely guy from Japan and we were having like a little photo shoot behind the waterfall and um yeah it was it was it was just beautiful it was really cool i got absolutely drenched absolutely drenched if you are traveling along the south island or and seeing any waterfalls make sure that you have got a change of clothes with you and a towel if you can that's the only thing that i forgot i was gonna bring a towel from the hotel but i just forgot that so i yeah luckily i had change of clothes and i just i got absolutely drenched like soaked i don't know what i really expected to be honest with you like being behind the waterfall but <laughs> i got absolutely drenched my boots were absolutely drenched and um yeah luckily i had a change of clothes then from there i drove down to another waterfall called skyofoss and this was the most beautiful thing i have ever seen in my whole entire life i drove up to the car park and as i'm driving up to the car park this rainbow 
this fucking rainbow just appears out of nowhere and I literally was just I I just couldn't believe it it was just one of them what's the actual fuck pinch me moments and I parked the car and I literally just like legged it over to the waterfall and um I by that point the rainbow had actually disappeared which was really sad and I was like oh fuck like I've missed my chance now but basically every time that the sun was shining on the waterfall that's when the rainbow obviously appeared now obviously when the clouds were um covering the sun that's when the um that's when the rainbow disappeared so there was loads of clouds and then again the water the the rainbow just like appeared out of nowhere and there was actually a couple who had just got engaged as well at the waterfall which was really cute and I was talking to them for a little bit and um then I was taking some photos for them and we were like reenacting their engagement but I was like I was like being their photographer taking photos for them um of like their engagement and that was cool I was talking to them for a bit and um yeah it was just one thing that was really lovely was I like met so many people when I was traveling and like just talked around people even if it was literally just like five minute conversations with people it was really nice to just be don't know just like present and just like talking to random people and just engaging in conversation and you know um then going on my way and um shout out to the guy from southwest London that I met um at uh Scarfoss um because he proper sorted me out proper sorted me out um with my instagram picture he was like right okay do this get on get on your um get on the floor and and do this pose and he was all right okay and do this like proper sorted me out of the angles i was like cheers mate uh so i was talking to him for a bit and then i was off on my way and then my next plan stop was a three hour drive from this point and that was the um Euclassian Glacier Lagoon. Now, when you actually look at the spelling of it, it looks like Joe Clarson, like with a, with a, with a J, with a J. Yeah, with a J. Sorry, I was so I really had to think about that then. With a J, and this is honestly, I I felt like I was dreaming. I actually felt like I was dreaming. Now, this was just clear crystal blue water, which was dotted with icebergs. Um, and it's, it's most notable for its icebergs. And not far away as well, you have the Diamond Beach, which is where the, um, which is where like the icebergs break off and they travel down into the sea. And then you get the um, pieces of ice that just basically rock up onto the, um, the sand. And it was just absolutely incredible um and this is where I did my blue ice cave as well and um it was Vatna Jokul um is it Vatna Jokul I don't know if that's how I say it it's yeah Vatna Jokul ice cave um and it's also known as the anaconda ice cave um and the crystal ice cave because the 
basically the glacier gets its crystal name from the fact that it's like crystal ice blue um and the anaconda because it is long and winding and basically it looks like a bit of a um it looks like a bit of a snake as well like when you're actually in the in the ice cave and you've got all of this fucking ice just like towering over your head um it was just absolutely incredible and we were so lucky so basically we we had to get in a truck from um the Euclassian Glacier Lagoon and um then from there we did like a I think it was about a 40 minute hike to where the ice caves were and when we got to the ice caves we were actually the only group that was there and we were so lucky because normally there is apparently like it's absolutely packed with like people on their tours on their groups um so we was very very lucky that we were literally there was literally five of us in these ice caves and we had it all to ourselves and I actually just had again like it was just a pinch me moment because I couldn't believe what I was experiencing and, and what I was seeing and it was just absolutely incredible and our guide was so so bloody lovely um and very knowledgeable as well um he was telling me lots about um the volcano the volcanoes that had like erupted um in the past in Iceland he actually told me about a very very devastating volcano that had actually erupted um I think it was between 1783 and 1784 I think that's right don't quote me um basically it was an eruption of the Laki um volcano um in the south of Iceland and this volcano actually produced like 8 million tons of fluorine and tons of sulfur dioxide and basically this release of the fluorine and sulfur dioxide caused massive climate changes across like the northern hemisphere um which basically ranged from like the united states to japan so this like climate change event like triggered one of the most important social changes in history which was actually the french revolution and it was said that six million people died of climate change caused by this lackey eruption and this um eruption was like devastating for the people of iceland apparently 25 percent of iceland's population actually died either from like the eruption or from like the famine basically which followed and that 25 percent i think my guide was saying was about 9,000 people which is just absolutely crazy um so yeah basically that whole that whole thing happened and then the rest of Europe suffered like the direct and indirect effects of the eruption um apparently like the fog was so thick like boats couldn't navigate and were forced to stay in harbors and the sun was like blood colored and it was just like really really bad apparently people were inhaling like sulfur dioxide gas um and just like dying from that and like cattle was dying and basically they just had like a really really harsh time um and because of because of that as well um france faced like extreme drought combined with like 
storms and which then in turn like caused crop failure so basically whether or not like basically the french revolution would have like happened like whether or not the lackey eruption like happened but the lackey eruption apparently like definitely sped up the events that followed um of the french revolution so it was really interesting what he was telling me about that and there was just like so much history behind that as well um which was just really really interesting um the tour that i did i'm trying to remember the tour name because if you do the south of um iceland like you really really need to do this tour and if i remember what i'll do is i'll put in the comments my tours um and i will let you know um but then from there obviously that's when i stayed the night and i tried i attempted to see the northern lights so if you are going to iceland in the winter that's when you're most likely to see the northern lights um obviously it's completely dependent on the aura forecast and dependent on the weather so the best conditions they say for seeing um the northern lights is clear dark skies and whilst i was in iceland it was pretty cloudy the whole time um although on so basically when you head online if you literally type in aura for, forecast uh, for iceland it will tell you how active the um aura is and i was looking at that every single day and um yeah it, there was one day where it said that the reading was quite high and that was the night that i was staying over down in the south island so i then jumped in my car uh, about i think it was like 10 p.m I drove back to um, the Glacier Lagoon in the hopes I could see the lights, but it was just way too cloudy. Like, it was so cloudy. Like, you literally couldn't even see the sky. So, um, I kind of just admitted defeat with that one and then went back to the guest room and um, just obviously stayed for the night. And I had looked at the forecast for the following days because... I had been told by one of my friends who actually travelled to Iceland, um, he said that like they had tours and stuff booked for the South Island and unfortunately they couldn't actually go to them because of the, the weather was just so bad and the roads were closed so I was keeping an eye on the weather and if you are driving in Iceland in the winter make sure you're keeping an eye on the weather forecast because the weather fucking changes all the time um and it's very unpredictable so um I actually woke up on the next morning and loads of snow had literally just settled and I was like right okay it's great I'm gonna have to drive back now hopefully I can actually drive and it's not going to be icy on the roads or they're going to close to close the road so I got up super early and basically set off it must have been about 6 a, uh, 6 a.m um and when I was driving back um I actually stopped off at um so basically there's an abandoned DC plane on um Solon how do I say it? Solomandessa. <laughs> um and it's a seven K hike to actually get to the plane wreck. Um now basically the story behind it was that in 1973, um, this United States um navy plane ran out of fuel and crashed on the beach um 
Now, fortunately, everyone on that plane survived, um, but it had later turned out the pilot had basically just switched over the wrong fuel tank um now the remains are still on the sand and it's very like close to the sea so like basically you park at the car park and there's this fat sign that says um something about like it's going to be like a four hour hike and to, to not do it if the weather's really bad and if it's really like windy um and I'm reading this right and it's like really windy it's really cold um I'm feeling like I, I literally feel like I'm gonna get blown over by the wind but I was like I need to do it I need to fucking do it um and I was like fuck it all right so popped on my backpack and at this point I think I literally had like half a bottle of water and I definitely came underprepared with the snacks so didn't have any food but I was like fuck it I'm gonna do it so it said that it was gonna take three to four hours and I was like nah surely not surely surely not so I did a little bit of googling before I did it and I read one blog post which did say that apparently they they did it in about like 40 minutes one way and then 30 minutes like the other I was like right okay let's hope I'm not going to be stuck out here for four hours so went on my merry way and um just basically trekked out to this plane wreck which was really really interesting um and there was this one other couple that were there and um they were like taking photos and had a little conversation with them um but it was really really cool but it was so windy and so cold and it was just very like intense weather conditions that I basically got there had a little look took a couple of photos and then just basically went back because I was like this weather is just fucking horrendous so if you're doing it if you're doing this um hike maybe just try and go in nicer weather conditions um I actually read um that actually I think it was actually a couple of months ago or it might have been last year that unfortunately somebody had passed away from doing the hike in the winter um in really bad conditions and I'm very glad that I read this after I had done the hike um but I probably wouldn't have let that scare me off anyway but it just goes to show how serious the weather conditions can be in Iceland and they're not to be underestimated so from there I headed back um to Reykjavik and kind of finished my trip of the south coast um of um Iceland and um it was honestly incredible honestly beautiful and I've never experienced anything like it in my life and there was a few places like when I was driving along I would stop off and have a little look at things and there was like um little ponies on the side of the road and there was just it was just incredible scenery incredible incredible scenery and to be able to actually just go at my own pace do my thing was just so good and like things like that if I was on a like a bus tour or something like a south island bus tour i probably wouldn't have been able to have just rocked up to the like plane wreck site and done that myself 
because we would have been on a time budget whereas with this I was literally just driving past and I was like oh like maybe I'll do this like 7k hike and maybe maybe I'll do that it was like a really like last minute decision so actually just having the car and having that flexibility to do what I wanted was honestly the best thing um so whilst I was in Iceland I actually dropped into the CrossFit at Reykjavik which you can do a day pass or you can do a week pass it works out I think about 40 pounds to do a week pass and it's something like 20 quid I think to do a day pass um I think roughly um so I dropped in did a couple of classes whilst I was there I've always wanted to go to um CrossFit Reykjavik because um my two of my idols train there and it's a very well-known CrossFit box with amazing athletes and I actually had the I actually was able to meet Katrin and Annie when I went there and it was just like I was literally like what the fuck so I basically rocked up to the gym and I just saw them training and I was like what they they were literally there they were literally like within reach so I had a class to do so I did my class and I was thinking oh like I really want to go speak to them really want to go see them um hopefully they'll still be there by the time that I finish my class so I'd finished my class came out like a red hot tomato to make tomato when did I say tomato 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 and I was sweating but they were still there they were still training and I was literally like oh my god oh my god oh my god I literally had like a full-on internal panic because they are my favorite like crossfitters ever obviously like Tia Toomey as well but they are like up there with like my favorites and I saw them and I was like shit and I was speaking to this guy who basically I partnered up with in the CrossFit ward and I was like do you reckon I can go up to them and he was like yeah like I'm I'm pretty sure they they like it as I didn't want to bother them I didn't want to be that annoying person that just went up to them like whilst they were like training or whatever and like them be like pissed off so I kind of went over to them when they were they were like just standing chatting and I ended up just having a conversation with them and if I'm honest with you I went proper fangirl mode and I'm talking proper I literally could not believe that they were there right in front of me and I was just having a conversation with them and then we took a couple of photos and they were just so lovely um so it was so lovely to meet um Annie Follis daughter and Catherine David's daughter as well and it was just incredible and I think that was the cherry on top of my trip to Iceland it was just a real pinch me like my trip to Iceland was already incredible it just got even better from being able to to meet them um so yeah that was really really awesome and the 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 days after were kind of I guess a little bit more chilled than the previous I I the way that I planned it was I wanted to get the big chunk of the driving done in the first couple of days so that I you know wasn't completely completely wrecked and doing it at the end of the trip so I really wanted to get 
the Golden Circle and the South Island done in the first part of the week and then the week the end of the week was kind of like filler things I wanted to do and things that I obviously could fit in at the weekend so I actually on the last day of my trip um hiked up a volcano which had actually been erupting from March 2021 to September 2021 so it had only just recently stopped erupting which I'm gutted that I actually missed because apparently it became quite a tourist attraction and people were very um like very interested to to obviously go and see the eruption um so it was Fagrodvist, I think. Fagrodvist. I can't even say it. I can't even say it. This is all. This is awful pronunciation from you, Lois. Fagrodvist. That was it. Um, volcano, and it was really cool to see the freshly laid lava fields. The lava fields, obviously, that were like really dark black and um, unfortunately didn't get to see the crater because the clouds were it was just too cloudy and literally when I got to the top couldn't really see much to the point where I thought I was going to get lost on the top of this fucking trek but it was really 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 interesting and um, I actually was standing on the lava fields which is cool and um, there was there was a few people at the top of the volcano and a few of us were like kind of venturing to to have a little look and standing on the lava fields and you had like these two girls that were standing on the side and they were like bitching about us they were going oh you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing that they shouldn't be doing that they shouldn't be standing on the lava like they're not meant to and I was thinking fuck off Penelope I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna do what I want to do when am when am I ever gonna be able to stand on the lava field never let me do my thing like I'm gonna do my thing you do your thing and they were like saying it so you know when someone's saying it so loud and you're just like I can hear you mate but anyway that was really epic and that was a nice little hike there was a few routes actually so there's um route a b and c i think c was actually the longer route of the um of the trek i did route b which apparently is like the kind of um so you've got route A and route B, which are pretty much the same in distance, but route B is more challenging in terms of like the incline, I think. Um, but route C basically just takes you around a different, um, that takes you to a different view of the volcano. But I think uh, route B was pretty cool. And it didn't actually take long, too long as well. When I was reading up and it was saying that it would take like four hours and it only took about like two. So it didn't actually really take that long. And from there, I went to the Blue Lagoon, which seems to be the thing that absolutely everyone is obsessed with when they go to Iceland. And I can see the attraction because it was beautiful. But the Blue Lagoon 
is basically a geothermal spa and it actually started as a pool of wastewater um, from this like geothermal plant um, back in the 70s and the Blue Lagoon is actually considered to have um, regenerative qualities because of the water is very rich in like sulfur and silica so it's not a natural hot spring um now it doesn't mean just because like the initially started from like a pool of wastewater doesn't mean that it's like dangerous or toxic um it's still like a geothermal pool with like mineral rich water um but the hot water is actually the result of the runoff from the geothermal power plant which is next door and when you actually drive up to the um blue lagoon you can see the power plant which is like right next door which has literally just got like loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of smoke coming out of it i when i first saw it thought it was like a volcano erupting like from the distance i was like fucking no what's going on here but it wasn't it was just the the power plant um but yeah, it goes up to 37 degrees, 37 to 40 degrees Celsius. And it was really nice and warm, like so, so nice and warm. And they, depending on what package you buy as well, when you go there, um, it's, you get like a free little face mask. Well, I say free, like you pay for it, a face mask and you get a, like a drink included in your package as well. It was pretty pricey, but I think if you're going all the way to Iceland, definitely definitely do it um however i did have a little look at other hot springs um and there was um there was apparently was it the secret was it the secret lagoon the secret lagoon apparently is like meant to be really really nice as well and that's kind of like a, another option that you could explore when you're in iceland if you don't want to go to the blue lagoon now the blue lagoon was it did get very busy when i was there when i initially arrived it wasn't too busy and then as time went on it got really really busy but i spent a couple of hours there i could have easily spent like four hours in there because it was just like so surreal and it was just beautiful um but it was yeah definitely a must do if you're going to iceland a must must do and um obviously like I was on my I was on my own it was quite a coupley place I think it was definitely quite a coupley place there was a lot of couples in there and I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was one couple that were like shagging in the blue lagoon because right obviously like when you're going through the the blue lagoon it's like like you can't really see too much in front of you because it's so like misty so I was just like rocking up around this corner and then I just see like this couple and this lady is just like bobbing up and down. I'm like, right, I was like, that's fucking grim. Um, so I'm pretty sure that they were shagging and you could see like this, there was like security and stuff like walking around and they, I think they like kind of clocked it as well and they were just kind of like, I think they went, might have gone over to them in the end, but I didn't, didn't really pay much attention. But um, yeah, I stayed there for a couple of hours but I could have stayed there for a lot longer um and I met this really cool guy called Al shout out to you Al and we were having a little chat and um had a little photo shoot as well this see this is the thing like when you're it's a great conversation opener when you're traveling on your own like hey can you take a photo for me 
<laughs> because like it's just it's just funny because I had like so many people like when I was when I was obviously traveling down um in Iceland so many people like were like oh can you take a photo for me and I was like yeah yeah of course and then it would be like oh can you take a photo for me and it was like yeah of course like return the favor um that's the only thing obviously like when and it's not it's not important but when I was traveling obviously on my own having taking photos and stuff was maybe a bit more like challenging however I did get myself a tripod which if you are going solo I would highly highly recommend so I got a tripod with a button so a shutter button so basically the bluetooth connects to your phone and you can just basically press the shutter button and um it will obviously take the photos for you so quite a few of the photos i took were just using my tripod um, but a couple of them were like lovely people that were sorting me out with photos you know it's got to be done it's got to be done um but yeah I, the only thing that obviously I really, really wanted to see was the Northern Lights, um, which I didn't end up seeing. I mean, doesn't everyone want to see the Northern Lights when they go to Iceland? And um, I did actually, for my last night, book a tour, um, which was like a bus tour for the Northern Lights, because I had like previously tried to go out on my own and see them, and I thought maybe there's something that I'm missing, so maybe I will book a tour, and that's like the only kind of tour where I was, you know, like with loads and loads and loads of people, and it was just instant regret, really, like there was so many, I'm talking like there's like hundreds of people waiting at this bus stop, waiting to be picked up by this bus, and when the buses did arrive, everyone was like so rude, like pushing each other out of the way, like trying to get onto this bus, and I felt so sorry for the people that were running the tours, because everyone was like being really rude to them, I was like just fucking chill out, take a chill pill, so anyway, the aura forecast was high but the clouds the weather was shit so unfortunately didn't see the northern lights but um and also I felt really bad as well for our little tour guide because we didn't see the northern lights and I think everyone was getting a bit like everyone was kind of a bit salty about it because they hadn't seen the normal lights and I'm thinking like it's not this fucking guy's fault he's he can't control the weather um and he was like even saying like on the microphone like I'm really sorry guys that you didn't see the lights um you know obviously if I could control the weather for you I would and everyone was just being like just really just shitty and when we got off the bus to leave nobody said anything to him like nobody said like thank you for the tour or whatever and I just felt so bad for him I like when I jumped off I was like yeah I was like oh thank you like thanks for trying for us and I was like the only person that said anything to him I was literally like people are so rude like what the fuck so like always be kind to your tour guides like always just I mean just be kind to people in general like fucking hell doesn't cost anything for manners but you know that's people for you isn't it but anyway um he was saying that basically the northern lights um which is also known as the aura borelius um basically are the way that they're formed is from energized particles from the sun so when those particles slam into the earth's upper atmosphere 
at basically really fucking high speeds, which apparently goes up to like 45 million per hour, like miles per hour, which is just fucking insane. Um, basically slams into the Earth's upper atmosphere, um, but basically our planet's magnetic field protects us. So when that you know, those particles slam into the Earth's upper atmosphere, that's when the aura is created, and it is very, like I said, hit and miss, you might see it, you might not, but it's definitely worth trying for when you do go to um, Iceland, and I was told that obviously the best time for you to see them is in the winter, um, now in the summer, this is something that I only just learned as well, which I think is fucking crazy. Um, winter, sorry, in summer in Iceland, they don't have any darkness. Like it's light for them 24 seven. The sun is always out. Now I don't know how long exactly this goes on for, but apparently they, they literally have no, no darkness whatsoever. So one of my tour guys was saying that he forgets to sleep because he, like, he gets really confused as to, like, what the time is. Obviously, it's light all the time and he just forgets to sleep. But apparently that's why it's a really good time to go in the summer because you can do things like the treks and you can go out and do stuff at like 2am in the morning and do it at quiet times um outside of obviously like the peak busy times so I am definitely definitely going to go back to Iceland when it is summer and try and experience it in a completely completely different way I really want to go and explore more of like the northern territory of Iceland. I think that would be absolutely incredible. Um, but yeah, honestly, it's just the most amazing trip ever. And I just couldn't fault it. It was just an incre incredible trip. Now, in terms of like Iceland is very expensive, like very fucking expensive, I found, especially with like food and drink. So just a few things that I would recommend is like, e even if you were getting a Domino's, like it's, it's, it's really expensive. I think my pizza was like 25 quid. Um, I actually made a cheese and ham sandwich from my hotel breakfast bar most days and took that out as like my lunch because I wanted to save a little bit of money. I'd rather put the money that I would have spent towards like food, towards like other stuff in Iceland, but that's just my preference. Obviously, if you're not really going on that much of a budget and you like money doesn't really matter, obviously like, you know, go to you. Um, but it is very expensive, very, very expensive. It was like, was it how much is it it was like eight pounds for a coffee and a um cinnamon bun which is quite fucking expensive um bottles of water about three four quids so i actually bought one big bottle of water on my first day in iceland i went to the supermarket bought like a big two liter bottle of water and then once that um water was obviously emptied i then just refilled it from the tap in the hotel so i was having a chat with the guy in the hotel and he actually said that like 
all of the water, all of the taps are like the same. It's like drinking water and it's absolutely fine. So I was just filling up my water bottle every single day. So I literally only just paid for like that one bottle of water and then I would like just take that two litre bottle out of me um and then just like fill it up as and when like I needed from the tap so but obviously just make sure that if you are staying at a hotel like you're just double checking I don't want to like give you the shits or something but I was just filling up my water every single day and trying to kind of cut the cost that way but yeah definitely is a very very expensive place even coffees and things like that you're looking at a minimum of I think about like three four quid so it was quite quite expensive um but obviously like you can it can be done on a budget but obviously you just need to be savvy about what you're buying and um and where you're kind of spending your money um but yeah I think I'm gonna wrap that one up here really but just a last thing that I wanted to say to anyone that is thinking about doing a solo trip please 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 book it now go and do it don't let anything hold you back from doing what you want to do seeing the world exploring go and fucking see that shit because there is so so much to be experienced and to see out there and there's you know in my opinion no better way than you know seeing it solo and building up your confidence and just showing yourself that you are absolutely 110% capable of doing it on your own and you shouldn't let anything hold you back at all but thank you very much for listening to today's podcast I hope you enjoyed it and I'll speak to you to the next one